swivel. Hey guys, I'm Jaden and I'm a mum, a business owner, a fudge lover, and now a podcast host. It's tricky juggling it all, but as the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child, so I'm bringing in my mum friends to co-host alongside me throughout the series. Each week, we try and entertain and support mums who are going through the shitty hard times to hopefully make you laugh and support you in your journey with motherhood. On the podcast, we talk to lots of experts to do a deep dive into the issues that affect us as mums and hope by sharing this alongside our own stories, we can help mums feel like they are validated and appreciated. Join us for a whirlwind of an episode this week on Mummy Village. So I'm super excited to introduce you all to a new guest who's also a new part of Mummy Village permanently. She is Alexandra, who is joining us as our new producer moving forward. And I'm so excited to have her. She is a mum to three beautiful children, a little boy, Sol, who's 16 months old, a big girl, Magnolia, who is five, and a bigger boy, Oscar, who is eight. I realized that I just did that back to front, so I'm so sorry for that. But Oscar, who's eight, Magnolia, who's five, and Sol, who is 16 months. Alex, take it away. (laughs) Introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are. Thanks, Jaden. Hi, everyone. So as Jaden said, I am Alexandra. I'm the new producer of Mummy Village. I'm just so excited to be a part of this village and help Jaden share all of these amazing stories with you. As Jaden said, I have three gorgeous kids. They've all got super different personalities, you know, all a bit crazy in their own way, but a lot of fun. They keep me on my toes. So yeah, over the last few years, I've worked in feature film development, but I have been a freelance writer since Oscar was born. So I've written a lot about film and television, but what I really love writing about is women's health issues and being a mum. That's so good. And that is why we are so excited to have you. A lot of the listeners already know that I've got two children, a four and a half year old, Georgia, and a two and a half year old, Maria. And we definitely want to have a third, but not so sure about it. There's a lot of fear around it. So it's good to have you on with three children (laughs) and like big age gaps. Not really actually five, six, seven, eight. Oh no, it's only three. Yeah. Oh yeah, but there's quite a bit. Yeah. Magnolia five. Yeah. Soul who's 16 months. How's that been? Yeah. Amazing. Well, I mean, as you know, it wasn't intentional, the big age gaps. I did want to have four kids before I was 30. I wanted them all 18 months apart. That was the plan. I'm one of four. There's 18 months between me and my sister and then huge age gaps between my little brother and sister. And I think no matter how it works out, it's always going to work out. Like They all have their own special little bond and it's worked out really well actually because Oscar is the most helpful little person with soul. So I'm very lucky. Yeah. That's super cute. Well, as most of our listeners know, we do a high and low from the two of us Love that. before we dive into our guests and our topics. So did you want to start off with a low or a high? So my low this week was a few nights ago when Magnolia was supposed to be asleep because that seems to be the time they come out to you with all of their issues. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> While I was trying to watch my shows, she came out bawling her eyes out because she doesn't get enough one-on-one time with me. Yeah, it just really broke my heart because I do feel stretched between the three of them and I 
try and spend as much one-on-one time with them as I can. But when you're working and you've got a partner to try and pay attention to as well, it's it's just really hard. And I think the fact that it came from her affected me the most because she is the middle child and she is the only girl. So I'm really conscious of her feeling that way and feeling left out. I do consider myself a really good boy mum, but I I feel that I'm less of a good girl mum. So I wouldn't say less of a girl mum. You just yeah. you just feel you're more suited to a boy than you are a girl. Yes, that's exactly do right. Do you think that's because you had Oscar first? Yeah, I do think it is because I had Oscar first and I have a really special connection with my little brother and kind of always been a big support for him. And I think that also because I see so much of myself in Magnolia, as you mm. would know, it's really hard parenting a mini yeah. version of yourself. Yeah, it's really it's triggering. quite confronting. Yeah. It's really triggering. But anyway, the next day I left all the boys at home, took her to go get some bubble tea. Oh, cute. Yeah, so, yeah, that kind of alleviated the mum guilt See, for super a mom. minute. Thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, when I got home, Sol was crying because he missed me. So the mum guilt came straight back. Oh, but You can't win. Yeah, you can't win. But um, that was my low and my high. We went to Yamba for the Easter break. Yeah, it's the most beautiful little coastal town in North New South Wales. And my auntie and uncle and my cousins live there and my grandparents. So it's a really special place for our family. And it was just amazing. Like there's not really much reception there. So I was able to just really, you know, spend a lot of quality time with the kids. And even if there was reception, it wouldn't matter because my auntie, she's kind of like my best friend. She's only 13 years older than me. So more like a big sister. Yeah. It's like my auntie. Yeah. We just talk and talk and talk. And her and my uncle are actually kind of like my parenting goals in a way. They're just their best friends and that relationship really echoes through the whole house and they're so supportive of their kids and my cousins are freakishly talented they're musicians they're skaters they're just good at everything yeah but super humble like Mm. if I had any of that talent I would be telling everyone I'd have an Instagram following but they're just like oh whatever like yeah, they just, just the oh, they just get on with it. Oh, they just get on with it. And I, I really think that's a reflection of my aunt and uncle's parenting. And yeah, of course. They've, yeah, they've just given them such a beautiful, safe home environment that the kids do feel like they can go out and try anything and mm. be whatever they want because they know that if they do fail, you know, not fail, but if they have to, they can come home to that safe home base and there's people there that, that have yeah, their back and support them. Yeah, it's consistent. And it's solid. Yeah. And that was just such a beautiful weekend, very wholesome. Lots of bonding time between my kids and my cousins and my aunts. So, yeah, Aww, just so special. Weekend. Yeah. So tell me about yours. Okay. So a high would have to be that I got keys a week ago for a new shop front that I what? have moved. Yeah, I know. It's really exciting, scary because so I've moved. Exciting. I've moved my hair salon from my family's building and I've gone out on my own. So that might sound like not a big deal. And it's like, you know, you're 34, Jaden, like (laughs) get your shit together. But for me, um, it's a huge deal. I've broken away from the family enmeshment. But yeah, it's been really great. That was a high, like getting that ready. And we did it on such a great budget and it looks absolutely beautiful. Blood, sweat and tears has gone into it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think having my girls come and visit over the weekend, it was a long weekend and I've just 
you know, seeing them be so proud and happy and, oh, mummy, it's so beautiful and, you know, you've done it so good, mummy, and, you know, just really beautiful stuff. I think also in there, like, you know, my grandmother was really not wanting me to take this lease because she's a Greek little wog lady who is all about saving money (laughs) and why put money in someone else's mortgage and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, you know, you've got property here. So why would, why would you go and pay somewhere else? But her and my grandfather were my first ever clients in the shop. I mean, we hadn't finished it, but they needed their hair done. So they came in and they were just super, super proud. And it made like, they're like my, they're like my parents, you know, apparently my grandmother wouldn't stop talking about the salon and how beautiful we made it. And she was just so, so happy. And she said, it's probably the best thing that I've done. And so she's really, really proud of me. And I think that for me is, yeah, that's a high in itself. Yeah. But I think my low would have to be growing up. My mom, my mom also had a beauty salon in Sydney. It was very successful and it was all work, 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 work. And these past couple of months have been really tough on me emotionally, but the past week has probably been where I've probably been the less present, the most unpresent that I've been ever with the kids. I've been snappy. I've been short. I've yelled probably one too many times. I've repaired probably one too many times, not enough times. And, you know, something that Georgia, my elder said to me on one of the days was, can we please not go to your shop tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And I said, no, we're not going to the shop. And she's like, okay, okay. And then the day came and she's like, I don't want to go to the shop. I said, we're not going to the shop. And, you know, and I was on my phone and she's like, mommy, I just, you know, you're always on your phone. You're always, you know, at the shop because I have been at the shop quite a bit. Yeah. And, you know, my hubby's been doing dinners and bedtimes and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I think I've I've just seen a lot of my mum yeah. and my parenting lately where, like, you know, how important is it really? Like, I can't do anything because the plumber's not coming until Thursday. So why am I stressing on Monday and Tuesday? Like just stuff. But I've got OCD and I've realized that if I want something, I need it yesterday. I can't wait. I've got no patience. And it was just heartbreaking to see Georgia and Maria just say to me, you know, it's the weekend, get off your phone. No phones are allowed this weekend. Like, please just be with us. And it's like, that's what I used to be like with my mom. Yeah. And I was like, I... I want to be the change. I want to break the generational habits yeah. and stuff. So so that was my low because I was like, oh, my God, am I becoming my mom? So I think for me that was a bit of a tough one to swallow. But in saying that, I have been off my phone because I have had to go back to the basics, which is asking myself, like, how important is it? The kids will be in bed soon. Can that way? Can you put your phone down for this moment where you're with the kids? Respond to the email that they're not even going to read until tomorrow morning anyway. So yeah, it's those like little things. Yeah. Just navigating motherhood. Oh yeah, it's hard. And like, I think it's so hard because, you know, on one hand, you should be so proud of yourself and, you know, you're showing your girls, you're a super successful hairstylist and the girls are going to be so proud of you owning your own store and It's just incredible. But yeah, at the same time, I totally get it because it's hard to be present when you've got your own projects that you're working on. And I just feel like we all need to be a little less hard on ourselves. I actually said to Georgia on the weekend, I said, I don't want to be on my phone. No. Like I don't want to be on my phone. She's like, then why are you on your phone? I'm like, because this is mummy's work. Yeah. Like this is work. And I really do miss the old days where at least when my mum wasn't at work, she couldn't like, I mean, she was on the phone all the time, like 
on the actual telephone, the brick that she used to carry around. But yeah, there wasn't messages. There was a pager. Nowadays, like, you know, the phone doesn't stop. You've got WhatsApp, you've got Telegram, you've got all these like different beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always, you're always connected. Totally always connected. And it's like, fuck, you just don't catch a break. Whereas when I'm in Europe or I'm not in Sydney, I don't feel like I need to be connected. And it's really refreshing for me. It's like a weight goes off my shoulders. And the moment I'm in Sydney, I'm like, okay, my phone's on. If someone needs me, I'm here. And it's like, fuck, just get rid of it. Whereas my husband, he's like, what do you do on that thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what you do on that thing. The amount of times, Alex, that I've tried to do content this week yeah. and I've just gone, nah, fudge it. I'm not doing it. Like I can't. Like I've got to yeah. then come up with a post and I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't even think to write a caption for this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all... people do it. No, I don't know how people do it. And I've just gone back to work, as you know. Mm. I was doing freelance writing and everything, but since having soul, and I say to my friends with three kids, when do you clean your house? Like, my house is trashed, and I have OCD too, Jaden. So that's something that I really struggle with because I walk around and, yeah, there's stuff all over the floor like it's so hard but my friends are like oh we have cleaners I'm like oh okay that's how you do it I need to get a cleaner right it's so hard and it's easy to feel really guilty about being on your phone but it's kind of impossible and I go between being like oh Alan's get off your phone you have to be present you have to stare into Sol's eyes while you're feeding him 24 hours a day Because you need to be connected. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, well, what do you do for yourself? You've got 10 minutes. Go through TikTok. Go through Instagram. Message your friends. Like, you deserve that time as well. So, I mean, like everything with motherhood, it's confusing and it's conflicting and it's something we have to navigate. Even as simple as, like, picking the kids up from daycare and asking them how they are, it's like there are specific questions that you need to (laughs) ask to get answers. So, when I'm asking Georgia, you know, what did you do today? She's like, oh, I don't remember. I'm like, fuck, I asked the wrong question. What was that question that I saw on, on Instagram? What did someone tell me I have to ask them? I'm trying to learn to connect yeah. through Instagram <laughs> with you guys. That's such a cop out. No, the amount of parenting advice I get from TikTok or like from my sister-in-law sending me TikToks, like she's actually, she's super wise. But one of the things that I learned from her recently, I was in Mackay and we were driving to pick the kids up from school and she wasn't playing music. And I was like, what is wrong with you? This is too much silence. And she was like, no, well, I saw on TikTok, this is a really good way that you can connect with your kids. It's on a drive anywhere, really. Kids tend to open up. And if you don't have the music on, you can connect with them. And I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. And I'm going to do that. Then I get home and and I tried it. And my kids were like, mommy, why did you just turn off Kendrick Lamar? Like we were halfway through the chorus. Like, how dare you? And I was like, yeah, maybe this one's not for us. Maybe we connect through music that's gold (laughs) that is gold (laughs) well this week i'm super excited as well because we have our beautiful guest this week nicolina she's an accomplished journalist podcast host and acra award winner a mother of two under two and the author of one of the most relatable children's books that I've ever read. You have to get your hands on it. Welcome, Miss Nicolina. Welcome to Mummy Village. Hello. What I love about you is that you are so honest about motherhood. And I feel like you really say what a lot of us are thinking, whether it be through your reels or your writing. And over the last few years, you've been very candid about your experiences with postnatal depression. You've even recorded an amazing podcast series about your therapy sessions during your second pregnancy, which was brilliant, by the way. 
Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you've come about? Hit us all with it, please. Give give your base. <laughs> give your base of who I am. Yeah. Give us give us a base of who <laughs> Nicolina is, please. Well, yes, yeah, so I'm Nicolina. I'm from Sydney in Australia. I have two little boys. One is Noah, who is just over two years old now, and one is Leo, who is nine months. Yes, I know that that is very close in age. Oh, I really wow. banged them out, guys. <laughs> Yeah, you sure as hell did. I thought I did, but <laughs> They are the most adorable boys in the world, but also absolute torture sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess I began my motherhood journey when Noel was born. I was a young mum, peak of my career, just really loving life, thought, you know what, I'm going to have a kid. I've always wanted to have kids when I was quite young. I've always wanted to have multiple kids. So I thought this is a great time to get started. It was covid not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to do anything. Let's just bang out some kids. (laughs) And that was great. I was lucky enough to have a really healthy pregnancy, a great birth, gave birth to Noah. And then very much like most other mums slash all other mums out there, motherhood really hit me like a bus. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was just really taken aback. I don't know what I thought motherhood would be like, Mm. but it wasn't what I thought it was. Nothing prepares you. Nothing. Nothing. It was all consuming, all demanding, nothing about you, everything about the baby. It was yeah. just a lot. It was a lot mentally to yeah. process and a lot to adjust to. So I very much struggled in the first few months that Noel was born. I feel like I had two versions of myself. I had Nikki as the mum who obviously adored her little boy, Mm. couldn't get enough photos of him, couldn't get enough snuggles and smells of his little newborn cheeks and all that stuff. But on the other side, I was a completely different person. I was in over my head. I was sad all the time. I felt like lonely I felt Mm. regretful just Mm. feelings where I thought that something was seriously wrong with me that I was the only person in the world who could potentially have any negative thought about motherhood yeah and it took me a little while but I just started to chat about it to family and friends sought some professional help and very quickly realized that yes as many other mums as one in six Australian mums will experience was going through Mm. a form of postnatal blues and depression and anxiety. It was all coming down on me, which is very natural to experience. Totally. And so I started sharing that with people online and here I am still sharing. (laughs) No, it's amazing. And I love it because I think that's for me, that's how Made for Mums came about. Like I totally relate to that because I just don't think there's enough out there in the world that talks about what motherhood is really like. And look, like I've shared on here before, there are mums, like I know some of my clients that live and breathe motherhood. Like they were born to just be a mum. Like I can't explain it. And I look at them in total awe because I'm like, oh my God, if I could just have a little bit of that for a whole day, because I get a little bit of that, but never for the whole day. Right. Mm. So I'm just like, wow. I would really love to see the statistics on that, on how many mums actually really are in awe and just really love, love, love with all their beaming hearts and souls being a mum. And then how many of us out there that love being a mum, like like I love my kids 24-7, 24-7 I love them. That will never be taken away. But I don't enjoy parenting half the time. Like it's just fucking shit. It's hard. Mm. It's super, super hard. And I think that needs to be more out there that, you know, you can love your kids 24-7 and you can, you know, do anything for them that will never change. It's unconditional love. 
but you don't need to enjoy parenting 24-7. You know, you don't need to be judged for that. Your reels are so brilliant. They keep me going because I'm like, fuck, that newborn. Alex sent me something this morning and she's like, yeah, this is everything for me. And it's literally you from like Leo being the newborn and what they see from us being in the pram. It's the most relatable thing I think I've ever seen. Like the first six months of Sol's life, I would drop the two older kids at school and walk around our local Westfield yeah. for most of the morning. Everyone knew who I was, get yeah. a nice coffee. So good. The good old Kmart <laughs> round, you know, and you go home and you've spent way too much money in Kmart. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what <laughs> I, I found with when I started sharing reels on Instagram. Honestly, it was just everyday things that I was doing with my children that I thought I was just doing. So I thought, you know, in those days of loneliness and isolation and you feel like you've been inside all day and you feel like you've just been Mm. feeding and changing nappies and all those things that you do day in, day out, you honestly feel quite alone, right? You feel like you're the only person doing it. And I had this thing where my life was kind of standing still, I felt, Mm. and everybody around me, so everybody outside of my front door was moving in like, great directions you know people were killing it in their career and people were really enjoying their babies and whatever whatnot right and I was just staying still and so as soon as I started sharing those little elements you know me at the grocery shop just walking around (laughs) Kmart or whatever it was or me you know trying to figure out why my child was not going to bed even though it was the perfect amount of awake time to sleep time all that sort of stuff And I realized very, very quickly that so many people were in the Mm -hmm. same boat. And that was such Mm -hmm. a source of comfort for me. It was so comforting knowing that I was not alone and somebody else could understand the bizarreness and the chaos and the craziness of it all. It doesn't matter how much of a village you have around you. If you're not sharing these moments, you just don't know who else is also going through those moments. So I love how candid you are. And this brings me to my next question. Like, did you do a lot of work for your mental health during your second pregnancy? Because for me, I had bad postnatal with Georgia and prenatal. So I did quite a bit of stuff for my second so I when I fell pregnant with Leo was very aware of how I felt when I had Noah so for me I understood two things by that point I knew that with postnatal blues and depression those sorts of feelings it is very hard to prevent that you know we all know that Mm. postnatal blues don't discriminate you could be the most happiest most confident most amazing person but you know it just doesn't mean that you're not going to go through it So I knew that I wouldn't necessarily be able to help avoid it completely. But one part of that experience for me was very heightened anxiety. Mm. I just all of a sudden became a really anxious person with Noah, which I never was before. Super like easygoing person, I thought. So that's one thing that I really wanted to target with Leo. I didn't want him to be a newborn and me to once again be like not being able to sleep because I was thinking about him all the time, getting anxiety over his sleep, over his food, over solids, over milk intake, all those random Mm. things you, you constantly think about. So I went to therapy and it was, as you said, it was prenatal therapy. So I went to eight sessions with my amazing therapist that specialized in pre and postnatal feelings and emotions. And it was that, it was very much to prepare myself for that time Mm. and talk through the stress and the fears that I had going into having a second and having two under two as well, which is the Mm. whole 
different ball games. <laughs> and then it was also to get the tools that I needed so that when I started to feel anxious again, I knew what to do rather than me sitting there just flailing about like I was with Noah. So yeah. that was really helpful and something I completely encourage everybody to do. Not necessarily just mums as well, even if you are a couple who's expecting a baby and it might be your first. It's just a really great tool to be able to say, this is a life-changing Totally. moment this is absolute life altering let's prepare ourselves yeah. as best we can for it and that might mean just getting the tools that we need to use in case we start to get to those points where we are feeling isolated sad anxious depressed whatever yeah. it may be and to actually yeah. realize those signs and to go oh okay wait a second that's what that is let me go and tap into that a bit to see what's going on can i ask like with with leo was that planned <laughs> so many people ask me that like what did you I just want to know only because like plan that <laughs> I was so scared after Georgia because of the postnatal it fucking threw me a sixer so I was like oh my god but then my second pregnancy was absolutely incredible mm. and that's what I wanted to touch on with you today because you know we know about your postnatal and we know how rough that was with Noah but with Leo like you know, did you get postnatal? What was the experience like? And how did you go from, okay, you know what? I had that with Noah, but it's okay. We're going to go the second time and we're going to do it two under two just to bang him out and boom, boom, boom. <laughs> what did we do? Were, were we just like feeling freaky one night? And like, you know what? Let's feel normal again and let's get our sex on. Like what's going on there? <laughs> I, I would love to say that it was a super romantic thing, but it was very practical thinking on my behalf. And that's something yeah. that I understood after I had Noah. I felt, again, guilty and shameful that a lot of my thinking with my children is practical. And some people feel shameful, like you're not doing everything from an emotional point of view. Like you're not going to have a second because you really love your children and you want to be able to have another yeah. second. Honestly, I wanted yeah. to have a second. One, because I do love Noah, but I thought practically about it. I wanted him to have another sibling. I love having sisters. Yeah. And that was one thing I wanted to do. Two, I wanted them to be close in age. So for me, it was very much a, we're in the baby stage. Let's get it done. These things are changing every year. Every year, the new research, sleep products, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't put up with this for longer than <laughs> this short amount of time. So I thought, yes. you know what? Do let's, the crazy all together. Yeah, let's yeah, get we it were done. The same. And again, I, yeah. I had gone through therapy. I had the tools to deal with, okay, if I did get postnatal blues, how could I get out yeah, of it? I do. had the contacts. I had a therapist. So I thought I'm most well-equipped now to be able to tackle another challenge of a newborn. And luckily, after the first bout of therapy with Noah and also the prenatal therapy with Leo, it was such a different experience for me. I mm. felt like, and I've said this before, to my followers, which, you know, they say is so relatable, but so scary to admit. But I feel like with Noah, I still struggle to forgive myself for wasting that time with him. I know that yeah. I didn't waste my time. It wasn't my fault that I got postnatal blues, but I feel like I lost time with him. I lost the first few months and that eats yeah, at me, totally you know, that agree. breaks my heart. With Leo, I felt like I enjoyed, when I say enjoyed, sorry, bad word. No, you don't I get enjoy it. it. Um, <laughs> no, I we know. Yeah. appreciated that entire newborn phase because yeah. you got to I be was in equipped. It. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be in yeah. it. And I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that actually because, mm. you know, I know I keep bringing it back to me because I'm like, oh, my God, like it's just so relatable because that was me with Georgia. 
And that's the thing. And I think that's the issue we have as mums is we're only human and feelings are feelings, right? If I'm not a mum and I'm thinking about something random, like I hate eggplant. Hate is a really strong word, but I hate yep. it. Yeah. But why can't yep. we say I hate dealing with tantrums? I hate being yeah. a parent today. It's like we're not allowed to. And no, that really frustrates me because a feeling is a feeling and a feeling is valid. So when I say yeah, things yeah. like, which took me a very long time to get comfortable to admit, but when I say something like, I hated the newborn phase because I did, oh, I just totally didn't me too. enjoy it. Yeah. It's so dependent. It's so consuming. It's but there so was much. nothing in it. There was no fantasy to it. Mm, there was no, mm, like, yeah. I remember looking at my husband and saying, what the fuck is this? There is no bliss <laughs> in this. Like we're supposed yeah. to be in a bubble and all I'm getting is vomit and I can't mm. shower. I can't do anything. <laughs> like I'm bleeding from left, right and centre. Like this is hell. Yeah, yeah. Absolute and, hell. And it's okay to admit that. And some yeah. people might say that they absolutely love that phase. Yeah, 100%. hate the toddler phase. And that's okay to admit as well. I just think that it's not okay for us to push aside feelings and pretend to like minimize. we just love every element of it. No, and I agree with that. And I think that's why I've always loved following you and connecting with you because, yeah, you can't you can't shy away from that shit. Like, mm, yeah. I feel like you say a lot of things, and people say this about me, but people are thinking, but they're just not wanting to share, you know, yeah. or they feel that they can't because of, you know, society pressures or like family pressures or whatever have you, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like parenting is a fucking struggle for me personally. I'm not talking for anyone else, but for me, I struggle. And like my husband will yeah. come home and I'll be like, I can't do it. Like, I just can't do it. And in Greek, I'll say like, I can't do it. Please take them. Like, I, I just can't. He's like, oh, my God, you're acting like you've had them for the whole day. You've only had them for like, <laughs> you've only just picked them up from daycare. And I'm like, doesn't that tell you something? Like, doesn't that tell you something? It's been a hard um, two hours. <laughs> it's been yeah. a hard 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you bring up the daycare because I, I posted this TikTok and it was just a video of me in the front seat of my car after picking up Noah from daycare and just mentally preparing myself for the bedtime routine. I do that right? every day. You need, like, <laughs> it needs, it requires a pep session. To like, you gotta, yeah, like mentally prepare. And I posted it on you TikTok. TikTok mums are a whole different ball game, guys. That's a whole different area. Oh, wow. Okay. Area. We, haven't, we haven't touched the TikTok. Our executive yeah. producer is trying to get us on there and I'm like, oh, oh They were, they were <laughs> sh sh never shy away from a comment. And it was the simplest of video, but it was funny because 50% of people on there were writing things like, oh, my gosh, I do this. You know, it's such a struggle. A yes, like it drains me that period and I need to get through it and I sometimes dread it and that's just how they feel, right? But yeah. then 50% of people thought, oh, my gosh, you're picking them up from daycare. Somebody else is t taking care of them all day and you're complaining about the next few hours. Oh, my <laughs> God. So you can't do anything. Come on. Right? Yeah. So it's just yeah. about, like, why can't just we feel comfortable enough to admit it? Mm. As much as we have missed them all day, it is still a physical and mental struggle to sometimes get through that period. So I, I just think that that's what's important and that's what I try to do is just try and make at least one other mum out there feel like, oh, my gosh, I feel yeah. the same and it's okay and it's not just me. No, 100% yeah. and you're doing that well. And for any of the mums Very. out there that are listening, I do need to mentally prep myself because when they're not eating and they're mm. not sleeping and they've been running around rapid all day, the yeah. last thing they want to do is answer a simple question that Alex and I were just talking about before. Like, so what did you paint today? What did you do today? Yeah. How was your day? Who did you play with? 
yeah. <laughs> they give you nothing as well. They give you nothing. nothing. Like, oh, yeah, nothing. Nothing. You're my heart in the smallest of places just so I can keep going with you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what does a day in the life of Nicolina look like these days? You are such a busy woman. You have an amazing career. You're raising two little boys. You keep us all entertained on Insta and you've somehow found time to write a book, which I'm holding <laughs> up now. So talk to us. What does a day in the life of Nicolina look like? So two under two is pretty intense. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but I guess I am just at this stage now where I've just come out of maternity leave which is, you know, a whole new experience for mums as well. That's a completely different phase that you need to wrap your head around. So I'm lucky in the sense financially that I work part-time. I have my days with my boys. I split their time up as well. You know, I only have one day a week where I have both of them, guys. Cannot handle anymore. <laughs> my eldest spends time with my mum, which is a really beautiful relationship that they have. And then they're in daycare while I work. I'm a big believer in ask for help wherever you can and accept help wherever it's offered. As you said, it's about a village. Everybody mm. used to physically have a village around them. Physically. Why are we not Absolutely. using yeah. the village that we can? And whether that village to you might mean, you know, grandparents or it might mean daycare, it's, it's about village. relying on those sources. So I'm finally finding a really good balance in being able to have a little bit of time to myself and be an adult and go to work and put on a nice blazer. Oh, it feels Dress so up. good. Um, uh -huh. but also have my days with the kids. And even though at the end of the day, I'm like pulling my hair out, I still appreciate that day with them. Um, yeah, totally. And yeah, I, I actually started to write this book a very long time ago. It was during that time that I was struggling with Noah a little bit. So it has been a two year in the making project. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Very much interrupted by pregnancy, babies, all that sort of stuff. Worth it though. Yeah, it is. It's come it's, together really nicely. Thank you. And the book is, I'll give a bit of an insight into the book. It's called My Mummy Loves Fudge. Now, fudge does <laughs> not stand for that beautiful dessert that we all love. <laughs> it's, I guess, a, just a funny take on motherhood and the craziness of every single day. As you flip through the book, you'll see very familiar themes, you know, food all over the floor, Lego on the floor, yeah. kids drawing on walls, all that crazy chaos. And oh, a mum just screaming out in frustration, the only word that she can in front of her kids, which is fudge. Um, <laughs> yeah, so good. So it's a gift to mums to be able to, at the end of the day, read with their kids. Their kids get reminded of all the great things that their mum has done for them that day. And then the mums can laugh along at just the chaos and the frustration of it all. Okay, so the book right? I absolutely died reading it. It was so funny because it's such a quick but straight to the point book that I think it's so relatable. Like it's super relatable. And I was actually reading it to my girls and Georgia, my eldest, to me, she said, mommy, this is just like you, but you actually say the F word, <laughs> right? Because you've used one line and can I share this? Yeah, yeah. Because like this is just brilliant and it's at the end but there is a time when she craves it most, when she screams with all her might. It's when I visit her on the potty, that's when she sighs and says, <laughs> fudge my life. <laughs> and she goes, mummy, you say that often. She's like, but yeah. you say F my life. And I'm like, oh my Thank God. You. We all have a variation of it. We all have a variation of it. And sometimes the real thing comes out and you're like, oh, whatever, you're two, you won't remember. 
<laughs> oh, so I just like, I think it is something that every mum out there is going to be able to relate to. And I think it actually sends such a powerful message that we all have more in common than we think. And because you know what, like we all have those really hard moments and those testing times, but like at the end of the day, you have to find the humor in it, right? Like if you don't laugh, you'll definitely cry. Well, I will. What compels you to write it and what do you hope parents will take from it? You just said it, Jaden. For me, a big part of coming out of my postnatal blues with Noah was I always used to, as a person pre-kids, like find the funny and everything. I just was like mm. a bit of a joker. I could laugh at myself. Like I was very bubbly in that sense. But I kind of lost that with Noah because I was so consumed mm. by those feelings of isolation and sadness and I was anxious all the time. I just became like a bit of a robot. So coming out of it and going into therapy, I started to try and find that humor again, you know, that yeah, funny nice. and that chance to smile and that chance to giggle along. And a big part of that with my husband especially was just the craziness of it. You would, yeah. you know, like you would be in a situation where part of my friends, but there's like shit on the floor, the dog's <laughs> licking mm-hmm. like the food that fell from the high You can't chair. ride it. And you're just like, yeah. this is, if somebody was watching me from outside, this would look <laughs> hilarious, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just a play on that. It's like, it's so crazy. It's so chaotic. It's so busy. It's so wild that you can only laugh at it. And that's just how to get through at the end of the day is just have a giggle at how crazy it was and how you were able to just survive that. So I really wanted that to be the premise of it, just the humor of it and the the chance for mums to get a good giggle. There's a message at the front page that says, we all deserve a laugh. Because that's at least what we deserve, right, at the end of the day is just to have a bit of a laugh and have that little cheekiness to ourselves. So I really want mums to be able to read it, have a bit of a giggle, have a bit of a smirk, and also their kids to enjoy it. You know, I thought a a lot about the book in terms of drawings and being really appealing to kids Mm. and really a really simple white background and having those characters come to life and have elements in there that they can actually point to and say, oh, that's me, you know, that's me on a high chair. That's me in the back of the back totally. seat with mum. That's my comforter in the cot. You know, I want them to be able to relate to well, it. Well, Georgia got it straight away. She got yeah. it straight away. And I thought, <laughs> I'll give you that feedback because she was like, oh, my God. And even when you wrote, you know, also when my sister and I fight and my little one goes, that's Georgia, that's me. That's Georgia, that's me. And I'm like, oh, this is great. So you've nailed the illustrations with it because it's just fantastic. So if anyone wants to purchase it, it's obviously going to be available in the coming months on Made for Mums. But in the meantime, where can they find it and where can they reach you? Please, please reach out to me on Instagram. I love chatting to mums. Honestly, I, I sometimes people will DM me the most random of question. And they'll be really surprised that I responded. I'm like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm literally just sitting here with two kids, like messing my house up. I honestly have the time. (laughs) So they can connect with me on Instagram at K. So that's H-E-Y-N-I-K-O-L-I-N-A-K. And that's where you can find the link to the pre-order as well. It's a great purchase for yourself. I'm all about mums doing something for themselves, but also a really good gift to somebody. If they have a newborn or they're just about to have a baby and even the toddlers in your life, because as you said, you know, with Georgia, they relate to it so much and they can see themselves within the book, which I really, really love. And also a big note is that it is very much kid-proof. When I had Noah, the amount of paper books people gave me, and I was like, mate, oh, yeah. they're oh, all you, ripped, right? Can the I tell you, that was gone. brilliant. You're like, what, what What was it that you uploaded? It was like the lobby? It was in, what was it? The kids' safe test room. And I had yeah. Noah just throwing yeah. the book around and spilling his <laughs> water on it. 
because so you need good. a solid, reliable book. Yeah. So it is a board book and very much will go through any of the toddler tests that you have at home. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I love that you did that. So you just I even, it. what's a really funny part of this as well is the first sample that I had had very sharp corners and I was like, oh no, that's not going to go down well. So I ended up curving the corners because I thought, you know, oh, this is like a first day hazard. This kid's going to get it in their eye. So mum designs, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. I have had such a ball with you. You're a gem and I want you back on the podcast. I don't know what to talk about, but just talk about something because <laughs> you've been fun. You've been Anytime. so good. Anytime. Thank you for having me and thank you so much for what you guys are doing, just highlighting the fact that we're all in the same boat. We're all looking for help. We're all okay to lean on help and that village around us. I think that's really important. Yeah, totally. And I just loved connecting with you guys. If you would like to pre-order My Mummy Loves Fudge, you can head over to Nicolina's Instagram at K and click the link in her bio. We will also pop a link into our bio at Mummy Village Pod and on the website and blog at mummyvillage.co where you will also find a list of additional resources about the topic. If you have any questions at all, please send us a DM. We'd love to connect with you. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favourite listening app to keep up to date when we launch our next episode. If you enjoy our show, please leave a positive rating and review so that others can find and enjoy it too. I'm Jaden. And I'm Alec. And you've been listening to the Mummy Village podcast. Remember, we love you and it's okay to let your kids listen to gangster rap as long as they don't say fudge at school. Bye. Bye.